creativity is a superpower for businesses to be better, to better serve people and create meaning in the products and services and things they create for people. That's what we're interested in. Welcome. This is Unfolding, the show where I talk to creative business minds. My name is Marco Pfann, and today we are talking to Simon and Apova from Dix and Buxy, my all-time favorites in the creative industry. And one thing, one thing really stood out in this interview, and that was the answer on my question, what is the value of creativity? So enjoy the show. So today we are talking to Simon and Apova from Dix and Buxy, and... I'd like you to introduce yourself. Sure thing. Uh, yeah, I'm Apova Baxi. I'm co-founder and ECD here. I'm Simon Dixon and the other co-founder. So what I want to talk to you about today is the creative community. And I mean, you have an amazing office here. You have amazing people here. You, your work is top-notch. Like, how do you keep people motivated like it's a tough job right so how do you get people motivated well thank you for the the compliments it's very kind of you um i think it's a number of things the first thing is the work so um if you have a kind of shared perspective of how you make work together and the things that drive that the principles and the ways of acting that helps you decide how to approach your creative challenge and as we're a branding agency we're helping big companies around the world, some really interesting companies go through change programs to change from where they were to where they'll be in the future. So there's quite a lot of future into that. And what it means is um, it's about personal fulfillment. It's about how you feel when you're creating. It's about how teams work together and collaborate within the studio to share ideas and have share a voice and how you feel like you're part of something that's moving forward. And then, of course, the end result of making work that you're proud of. And that's the metric for us, is pride in the work. So things like awards and industry things, we're not really super uh, worried about that stuff. What we're worried about is do we feel good about the work? And if you feel good and it, you're fulfilled from, from it, then I think you'll have a good spirit. Yeah, I think building on that, it's... Um We've always been driven by a, a restless spirit, you know, this idea of always changing. You know, there's a, a, we call it kind of always in beta, essentially, the sense that there's always something new to develop and something to reach for. So uh, w one thing we do is we talk about that a lot. So I talked about principles and now ethos. So ethos is it's really important because it, it we have to kind of create the space for people to be themselves. There's an autonomy and an empowerment. And our role now certainly is to create the ethos and the space and the direction of travel, but then allow everyone to essentially fill that space. You know, we've always talked about uh, Dixon Baxi, and it's really the space between us is the power and the superpower, right? You know, so it's, it's not about the names on the door, the people, essentially. It's the space we provide um, internally in the business and hopefully with our clients and externally, is that drive and i think if we if we talk about that and the spirit with which we want to create work and the energy and the ambition and the invention then it creates the space for people to push towards that so i think you know having that conversation um as part of the everyday language is critical to building the need and the feeling that we're actually striving to create something really cool and something great so you actually so your job is it as a principles to provide the space for the creative so they can actually 
fill it in with uh, creativity, with with yeah. coming up with ideas and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, just to build on that, 100%. I mean, you know, if you rewind the clock, when we started, it was just Simon and myself. Yeah. And, you know, we had to fill that space with clients and ideas and so on. But you fast forward 21 years and actually, you know, we've got a wonderful team of 50 from around the world with different perspectives. So actually our voice is much more diverse, eclectic and greater. And so... It's not about a specific style of design. It's about the spirit or um, ethos behind that. And I think, you know, our, our role is to help motivate that. How do you, like, when you get new people in, how do you get them to that Dixie way, as you sure. call it, I think? Like, because, I mean, what, your claim is being brave, right? To be brave. Mm -hmm. How do you get, and designers are not usually used to be brave when they come from other studios. Right. How do you get them to make that shift? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I'm not sure I entirely agree. I think there's different types of creatives. And I think some people, um, when you think about bravery in creativity, it's about um, pushing further and making a bigger difference in the work you do. Um, and that can be, it's relative to the project, really. So it's relative to the client. So if we were working with Nike, the, the push could be greater than, say, you, if you're working with a finance company. Mm -hmm. But the reality is it's how you feel about the work. So when we, we think about team, it starts when we hire people. So when, we, when we're interviewing, I'll often say, certainly if it's a creative role, I'll interview the first interview rather than the last one. And my belief is whoever I'm interviewing should be interviewing me. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather have a conversation with someone and understand, not look at their portfolio, not look at their resume, just talk to them about creativity. And if you find some common ground with that, even if the person's from a different country, a different background, a uh, completely different level of experience to mine, you can still find that common ground. And if you do, that you're halfway there to having a working relationship. We can teach skills. We can teach um, how to be a better creative. But we can't teach being into what you do or being a good person. So if you start there, when they enter um, our studio, our job is to create space for them to grow. So it's a combination of inspiration, mentorship, uh, access to great projects, access to, uh, I guess, techniques that we can teach them and the team can teach them about how to be better creative. And then also an ascension in terms of how they look at their career. So instead of doing reviews, we do what we call an R100, where we look at the next 100 days of their career and we look at things that they would like to do and they get to set goals, something they might want to learn a certain type of project, maybe they're reaching for the next level of role. And we do three of those in a year and it's projected forward. So it's a discussion about their future rather than their performance from the past. Mm -hmm. So those types of things, I think, help shape a conversation, which is about how we will facilitate where they'd like to be in the next phase that, of That's amazing to encourage people actually to grow. That's what you yeah. pretty much do. You help them set goalposts and then reach them and help them to get there. So it's actually, there's this continuous growing. Actually, it's, it's programmed into the company, right? It's like... Yeah, yeah and even we right. do. I mean, we, we say every day that... It's, it's what Apov was just talking about, about this idea of being restless. The thing I'm excited about is tomorrow and learning. And that's why it's great to have a team and travel and do all the things we were talking about earlier about meeting people because you continue to learn and if you do you feel fulfilled and um, we try and instill that in the team and of course we don't want people to design like us we want them to design like themselves within the community that we're trying to create and the, you know 
it's a lot of little conversations as well. Uh, we, we are obviously coming out of COVID um, has been an interesting time, but we're finding that the hybrid model is working. But when we're in the studio and even when we're, you know, on Slack or any other medium, it is a continued conversation. It's talking about everything and the little interactions matter and they all help in terms of context and coaching and helping guide someone. So oftentimes, you know, they're on a track, but you're just kind of helping, I guess, nudge them in the right places so that they fulfill what they need to on a project or that day or that week or, you know, across their career. And it is, it is really interesting and it, it makes every day, I guess, unique and more interesting because everyone's idiosyncratic and, and different and at different stages. But I think if we, um, we root back to our, our values um, and imbue them in the conversations we're having daily. You know, th- th- that's the thing that helps people grow. Um, and that's how we instill it. So, you know, if we get a new recruit from day one, they are shadowing people. They're part of the entire team. We have very open conversational sessions about creativity. Mm-hmm. It's something that, you know, we talk about a lot. You know, you can, you know, running a business, you can end up focusing on process. Mm-hmm. how you do things mm-hmm. rather than what you're doing or why you're doing it. And so we uh, catch ourselves, right? We catch ourselves and go, hang on a minute. We're actually not talking about the work anymore. We're talking about how to make the work. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that, that filters down. And then we just make sure we, we open that. And we have um, different sessions that we use to open the, the format of conversation about work. And so one of the sessions we call Ignite which is really uh, free from the constraints of client and the brief and a deadline per se. We kind of create a space, a safe space of time where we allow the team or the team, you know, for themselves kind of go forth and invent and, and kind of create things. Then we, we lay the work out and we all stand around it. And it's really a discussion about the work as, as opposed to a presentation which can then become uh, you know, more informative. You get different perspectives. You help change and motivate the work, and everyone feels a part of it. And I think that's probably one of the biggest um, things that we focus on is that any voice is, um, is valued uh, and that every voice uh, is heard. And then, obviously, you, know, you use that to focus perspective. We think all of, all of that is important to creating the right space for So how do you... Get, how do you involve your clients into, into this process? Are they, like when they come to you, do they know how to work with creatives? I guess yeah. a lot don't. Yeah, the level of client we work with, yeah. they're, they're very smart, often much smarter than we are, very sophisticated people. You understand, the, understand the value of creativity in business. And that's what the conversation's about, is creativity is a superpower for businesses to be better to better serve people and create meaning in the products and services and things they create for people. That's what we're interested in. And when we work with a client, it's very much like uh, I was saying earlier about how we look at interviewing prospective talent with our agency. We curate our relationships with clients. We can't do everything. So we talk to people about what we're strong at and we try and build a chemistry of how that collaboration will be. And we're very open source. So we have a very... I guess fixed process. Everybody does. There's a beginning, middle, and an end. There's an input, immersion, translation into strategy, translation into design, the system, and then the implementation of that. Everyone has that process. But it's how you do that and the attitude that you use to do that. And 
um, how much you listen to the client, how much you respect their perspective, how much you're flexible to create sessions that are more open source, how you guide them, how you create context, all of those things head off the issues that people have with clients, I think, because there's often this slightly combative relationship with clients, which they're changing my work or they're pushing us around. We don't think of it like that. We, we deeply respect our clients. So we see it as a true collaboration and we just try and find a nice mutual balance where we listen enough to them that they feel listened to, but we have the objectivity and the skills to create the things to um, solve the business challenges and design challenges that they have. And if we do that, there's a nice balance. But we're very, very open source and relaxed about the fact that we are working with other people against an ambition that's bigger than both of us. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think um, oftentimes the businesses that we work with have very talented in-house teams. So it's the idea of collaboration is, is not just... Um, just a nice word. It's the it's the idea that we truly work together to create you know a, a huge system or a huge brand or an experience. And so, um, you know, for us, you know, gone are the days of going into a, a black box and and not talking to the client. You know, we have cadence that we work out with them, whether it's weekly, sometimes it's daily. Um, and it's just this, as Simon said, you know, the idea of being open source and being confident in that. And that comes through um, expertise and time. But I think more and more clients want to see uh, not us, but the team they're working with. And we kind of uh, pride ourselves in having one team on the project. So they form a relationship. And, and really, you know, uh, the best relationships that we have are formed through chemistry. You know, that first meeting and that continued conversation. And sure, there's going to be rocky moments as much as smooth. So you're having to build trust and they're building trust with the people they're working with. Um, so we think that that's really important and putting everyone in the team in front of the client is critical mm -hmm. as well. So we don't, we don't say actually, you know, only the ECD and the CD and the senior producer meeting client will have um, an intern in the room as much as a junior creative, as much as a senior strategist. And it's, it's amazing. So going back to how people learn, that's how people learn by being in mm -hmm. the room. Yeah, it's like being in the room and actually getting exposed to those situations. And it's more, more than exposure, it's being part of it. Mm -hmm. So from a very early stage, regardless of experience level, we have lots of methods to get people used to and comfortable with presenting, mm -hmm. carrying themselves in meetings, having an opinion. Because there is a thing where a junior creative might come into the room, never speak, and leave, but they're not actually part of it. Mm -hmm. So... If a junior creative is in the room, we'll expect them to be part of it. Obviously, they're not going to present for a full hour to a CEO. <laughs> they ha we have to help them develop those skills. But um, we, we do care very deeply about the fact that um, creativity is a participation sport. You yes, have to take yes. part. You can't watch it pass by. The only way to learn is by doing. Mm -hmm. Of course, you can learn things on YouTube about technical things and software and things, but that's not what creativity is. Tools and techniques come and go, but the reasons you design and how you work with people, the human, human connection and how you inspire people and teach them how to use the creativity, they're, they're hard-won skills, and you can only do that if you actually do it. So we try and create the space for people to do that. And our clients are amazing. They never question it. Um, we've got a, pro a project at the moment where we haven't quite found the rhythm on the design, and we've had to go back two or three times, and the client's been incredible. They said, look, we understand that we haven't found it. Well, let's take a bit more time. We'll figure it out. 
and they've been very respectful that sometimes you just don't nail it. And we've been very honest and explicit and said, look, we will nail it, but we just need a bit more time to reframe it for ourselves as much as you. Give us some time, we'll come back. And that's, that's what we're doing. And they've been fantastic with it. That's amazing. So full transparency. Yeah, just tell us. Yeah, be honest. I don't think there's any, I mean, you know, it's very rare that we can deliver on a, a project, but as Apova said, it, it's never perfect. Creativity isn't a smooth process and you need to fall down and make mistakes to do something original. If you're not making mistakes, you're just doing the same old shit and there's no point with that. So we want to create a space that is safe to do new things. And in order to do that, we have to be transparent with the client sometimes that well, I haven't quite found it. And it's, it's what Paul said, it's like a journey that you're going with them. Yeah. And I think um, just going back to the the exposure, a lot of the, the work that we do at the level that we do is not just great creativity, it's, um, it's diplomacy, there's some politics involved. There, there are all sorts of things to um, express a story. It's how you take the client on the journey, um, how you don't just kind of leap in at the deep end and freak them out. You know, it's, it's um, and, and so the, the client relationship is is one over time, and our projects are three, six, nine months, maybe a year long. So throughout that, you know, you have peaks and troughs, uh, but you have to bring them along the journey. And I guess the biggest thing that often clients that, that we work with worry about is um, how they're going to express it to their team, how they're going to buy it internally, how they're going to share it with their C-suite or their investors or shareholders. And so there is this sort of layering of storytelling that we have to consider. So although we might be in the room super excited about being extremely uncomfortable and being inventive, how do you translate that in the real world yeah. and make it stick? Um, so, so how, how know, do you do that? Like how, how do you help <laughs> your clients to upsell it in the company? Yeah, it, it's a, a very good exact summary. Yeah, it's, it's often that. I mean, one pitch. It's, it's one pitch. You don't know. answer this. No, go on, go for it. What I was going to say was um, most people are nervous of change. And most people are nervous of empty space and uncertainty. So our job is to go into that empty space, make things to share with people so they can see the opportunity. So they have a, a, a profound business change they need to go through. So they're worrying about... How will that change happen? Will it be successful? Can we deliver on it? So the job is to show them things. And, and as soon as it's something that is answering the problem, they start to relax. And then what we find is if you turn those things into ideas, things that people can share and talk about. So rather than saying, we've used this typeface and we like this red because whatever, we call it something. Yeah. Um, so uh, when we did, so the, you call like you have a concept. theme for that, the concept, and yeah. So when we for, storytelling, okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. when we did um, design system for the television experience for the Premier League, mm -hmm. we called it the field of play, and okay. the field of play is the pitch. Nice. So that's how people play football, and the Dutch play different to the English, and there's a dribble and a pass. So that motivated all the animation. Mm -hmm. But what the client remembers is. It moves through the field of play, so it represents the spirit of football. You actually give them a reference. It's like also yeah, like exactly. this is us, and it's this a, is exactly. and they understand what's behind. And it's specific concept. to you as well. So yeah, yeah it's um, especially like this motion study you did with the Premier League, yeah. where you can actually see the play play yeah. field. How did you that, call it? That's play? Right. The field, field of play. play. Field of play. Yeah, yeah. and we do that on all projects. Yeah, we, we're kind of. I mean, if you take another one, uh, more recently, um, the rebrand of Hulu in the States, mm -hmm. you know, again, 
in that one, it was the discovery of the name Hulu and its uh, meaning, you know, that, that it's a Chinese proverb that means a holder of precious things. So suddenly we found, and it was in a, it was actually in the memo in 1997 when they launched. And it was kind of one of those dusty things so that we went back to the materials. Exactly. We unearthed. And what was really interesting about that is it wasn't um, just found elsewhere as part of their story. And I think in terms of um, building narratives and story, we oftentimes kind of look for the equity within and maybe reappropriate it or modernize it. You know, we did the same with AC Milan, but for Hulu, it was that simple idea and then taking the form of that and turning it into what we call the vessel, mm-hmm. which is this kind of uh, framework that allows content and stories and so on to live inside. It was those key beats to say, actually, we found something from your past it's this amazing yes. thought is translated into this very simple visual expression and look what it can do. And you get this identity. People actually feel connected because they can see it. Yeah. And you, you see it. You see it. And too. you can feel it. The other higher yeah. order thing to let's let's take Hulu. Mm. Um, Hulu is an entertainment platform, it's a streaming platform. Mm-hmm. One of the issues was attribution. Somebody knowing that this TV show is on this platform. So how do you connect the brand to content when people are chasing a particular TV show? There's also the, the user journey from a billboard all the way to using the service. And we call it build, billboard to binge. And that is the actual business challenge is how do you see an ad, figure out what the thing is? Why is it useful to you? How do I get it? How do I onboard? How do I start to use it? How is it useful to me long term? How is it sticky as an idea? How do I share it with other people? And that's what makes a brand. So it's the whole thing. So you actually you actually address each touch point they yeah, have. Exactly. And actually you actually just assuming now, tell me if I'm sure. wrong or not, but do you actually create messages that get people from one touch point to the next and yeah. finally to the platform? Yeah. yeah. I mean the you can answer this, but the internal team will do the specifics. Yeah. What we will do is create the design principles, the voice yeah. language, the way acts behaves. And we'll also do the experience principles, which is the, the strategy that drives how all of that works. Mm-hmm. And what you want to do is bring marketing and brand and product and service and everything together in one ecosystem. So it all works together. But the advertising agency, the internal team, other creative agencies, mm-hmm. they will make things off the back of that. So you're teaching a person to fish, basically, giving them the tools and assets and ways of working. So what I've noticed in your work is that you always have like very strong messaging, mm-hmm. very to the point. Is that something you do too? Or is that you are involved in the messaging and the yeah, key uh, brand messages? Exactly. I mean, you know, it's a size point, you know, wh- wh- when we're kind of creating a um, brand, you know, this again, let's take that example. Even AC Milan, we're not thinking about the logo, the color, the typeface and so on. You know, it's one thing. So everything plays out at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, even in that first formative stages, we're, we're kind of thinking about whole story and language and voice and messages is the perspective, is a point of view, is an opinion. And brands or anything without an opinion is pretty stale and boring, right? It, yeah. There's no point of view on the world. And the question we need to ask is, well, what is... What is our, or in this case, what, what is that brand's point of view? And how is it different to everyone else? How would they um, express themselves in this context versus this context? And it should change. It should modulate. So I guess to answer your question, uh, messaging, language, the ideas are baked in from the start. 
And so it's, it's, it's fascinating when you're looking at a piece of de design devoid of any language, it lacks character. You know, as soon as you start baking in those messages, a word, a, a couplet, a, a piece of poetry, mm -hmm. you know, a statement, um, a, a tribal chant. Well, that's actually design's job. Exactly. It's a vehicle for communication. Totally. So we're in the business of communications. So the design is only as good as its content. If the content's shit, you have a shit brand. If the service doesn't work, you have a shit service. So the design is only as good as what you're expressing. So what you're looking for is it being meaningful and useful to people, having a perspective and distinction, that's what you need. And then you create a design and a strategic system that delivers against that. I love that. So why is it, I mean, I love it. I, you feel and see it in your work, but why is it that others don't do that? Like, I'm sure they do. Not, not many people, like most studios, most brand design, especially. Collins and on, um, those guys, you know, people like that. They're, they're also very good at it. Yeah. It's, it, and maybe it's a perspective on work. It's hard to know from the inside. Yeah. But just let's quickly, um, let's stick with the content. So when people, when designers come to you, do they, are they good at like the messaging and then thinking about the content or do they, ex well, do you teach I, this to them? Because yeah, it's I, I think, I think everyone comes. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I said, you know, we go through a process and we find this either a raw talent or a talent that's been in the industry for a while. And, and when they come here, it is a, it's kind okay. of a step change, mm -hmm. right? It's a different uh, pace and energy. And I think um, we we ask a lot of questions, you know, to, yeah. to kind of, um, it's the best way of coaching, you know, so rather than being directive, I think mm -hmm. something we've learned, it, it's, it's that we ask the right questions to tease out from the team or the individual mm -hmm. what they think, and then it becomes their idea. And sure, you know, oftentimes it's all images, it's just kind of pictures and so on and so forth. And you might have to then say, well, what are we saying? So you ask those questions or we, we kind of the reason we have a library and all these books as well is to help people um, tap into their own experiences, own cultural references mm -hmm. um, and broaden their perspective because kind of we're, we're surrounded by a sea of sameness. You know, everyone oh, looks yeah. at Behance or Pinterest or so yes. on. So I guess to, to your point, you know, some of those things are baked into yeah. individuals. So we kind of have to erase that and, and find new voice. But there's, there's also the, the fundamentals are what are you saying and why? Why are you saying it? Yeah. And who are you saying it to? And what's the benefit or use to them? Because otherwise you're just doing layouts and it's completely yeah. abstract. It, yeah. it just makes no sense. So, so we, we create strategies, then design systems, and then the implementation mm. but of course we're creating something that is a vehicle of communications and connectivity and navigation and interaction for people to interact with brands and uh, buy things watch things interact with things listen to things whatever that is but if the messaging isn't relevant to them and useful to them and on their terms then there is no brand you know you could take the logo off most companies and you should be able to feel their brand in the way that you interact mm -hmm. with them um doesn't get laid out on the table from day one, right? No, no, of course not. We have to find it. Yeah, and yeah. so we ask the questions of each other, and, and it's sort of like piece by piece, and, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily all come at the same time, but we're trying to strive for all those elements. Knowing all that, what is the value mm -hmm. of a brand, or what's the value of creativity for you? 
with two very loaded questions, one much bigger than the other. Which one is much bigger than the other? The value of creativity. So creativity is everything great about human endeavor. Well, okay, so that's, that's a big, much bigger question. I get it. I get it. Okay, that's 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 confirmed. What is the invention in the, in the context of business for your clients? What's what's the value of creativity for your clients? Um, it makes um, the company, um, if you do it correctly and it's authentic, it makes it useful to the people they serve. It makes it meaningful. It, it gives them uh, a perspective and a stance in the world. It gives them the ability to be a better version of themselves. It gives them the ability to learn about how they serve people. Um, and it gives them cohesion in a world which is very complex. It gives them a voice when they don't have a voice. And it accelerates business. It makes business better. So what it allows you to do is achieve the opportunities or goals that you'd like to create. So it oh. doesn't have. Yeah. Well, it depends which part of it is. If you, uh, if you take a step back to the strategy, yeah. And if your strategy is something that is genuinely insight-driven and something which is about true business change and something that's authentic and real about the business, the entire company can get behind that. How you hire people, how you build your products and services, how you serve the people you create for, then you can communicate that more clearly. Mm -hmm. And most businesses have many relationships. There's a sense that with branding that all relationships are monetized, and that's not the case. Many brands have profound relations with people that are not monetized, but build fame and create um, a position in the world that gives them strength and power as a company and the ability to self-determine their future, which is what you want as a brand. Otherwise, you're chasing your rivals. True. I think that's the answer. Yeah. I, I, to give you another take That's one well, answer anyway. Um, we often find that creativity um, is superpower that liberates a company as well. We find that inside a company, a lot of people will say to themselves, I didn't know I could do that. Mm. So there's a permission-based uh, liberating. So, you know, we talk about people having limiting beliefs. Companies have limiting beliefs too. Yeah. And so creativity is kind of the key to unlock that. And we find that people say, I didn't know I could be creative. Right? So, so creativity in itself is, um, has to be imbued. Somehow. So the work that we do it isn't all that happens, but it, it, it's a, a chance for a company, certainly if it comes from on top, CEO, CMO, to give permission to the team to say, hang on a minute, we can look at ourselves. We can take a leap forward. We can do different things. So I think... To be more inventive. Exactly. It, may, it frees you up. Confidence is a really powerful thing. So if you feel confident about yourself and you are clear much clearer in your direction, you can be more inventive, yeah. you can be more receptive to change. One of the problems that brands have now is the world beats them up. Yeah. The world is changing rapidly. There's lots of competition, huge amounts of technology, really complex landscape. So the more confident you are about how you act and behave, the more likely you are to self-determine. If you self-determine, you can be part of the change and you can lead the edge of where the world is going. If not, the world goes past you and you fall backwards. That was seriously, this, I've had this conversation many times. Like, what's mm -hmm. the value of creativity is one sure. of the, the questions I like to challenge people with because usually they don't have a clue. Yeah. But in that case, that was the best answer I've ever had. And I never thought about that, but I really love was, was the idea of creativity actually, um, unlocks, uh, those limiting beliefs, right? It's, it actually frees us, go outside the box, gives permission. Mm -hmm. 
pretty good, really yeah, good it's, answer. It's, it's huge, you know, and, and also um, that applies to ourselves mm-hmm. as individuals. You know, I find that with our relationship is similar where if I'm working on something or, or I'm stuck, you know, the, a little conversation with Simon yeah, um, and it goes both ways, right? It unlocks something and it's, it's, it's fascinating because, and also creativity is something that we talk about a lot and is, I guess, one of our ethos is fueled by positivity mm-hmm. or optimism. Mm. And so it's the yes and, it's the build. And we, we kind of bounce off each other, but we want that to happen and ricochet across the team amongst themselves and then the industry, which is, I guess, what yeah. you're doing with... You well, know, it's an interesting, well. this is an interesting space, I think. So instead of saying that's fucked, we'll say what about doing that? Mm-hmm. And they're two different worlds. If I say to you, I don't like this and this is not working, you, you shrink. You start to get small. <laughs> guys. But if I say to you, what about doing this? Wouldn't it be amazing if we tried this? Get people, like you actually open the door. You physically you start breathing. Your heart rate goes yeah. up. Now you're excited. You want to be part of that. And I, on top of that, I say, what do you think about doing this? Mm-hmm. And then you tell me something. And, and, I say, and then my mind just now you're part working. Of it. And sure. But, you, but now you're leading it. Yeah. So within two sentences, you, you're in charge. Whereas if I say, say to you, I don't like that, how do you feel? You feel yeah, I had this conversation many times. And, uh, yeah, but at least, you know, it, yeah. it's human nature. So if, if you can lift people up. I get just feel torn back to my I know, but I get the same thing. Yeah, I get the same thing. Um, but it, businesses and people who run businesses are the same. If you can get them into a mindset where they're fueled by optimism and creativity and a sense of going somewhere and destiny and reaching for something that is beneficial, then that's really um, strong, powerful, I think. Let's talk about reaching something. Um, and thanks for this amazing answer. Sure. But what is, like... You're all about change, right? Change is your thing. You, you help brands to change, open them up for new possibilities. So what, what is Dixon Baxi reaching for? What's your future? Well, it's, um, it's a number of things. The biggest thing for us is control. And I mean that in the most positive sense. So controlling your destiny. And it's about how we work, why we work, and the feeling that comes from that. Mm. So it's not about being the biggest. It's not about money. It's not about awards. It's about what it feels like to create for a living because it's a really profoundly amazing thing to do. And we like to curate our work to share that feeling with the, the size of team we have. And then we'd rather do fewer projects a year, but do them brilliantly and feel good about mm. what that feels like. Because other than that, who knows? Three years ago, we didn't know there was going to be a um, pandemic. When we started Dixon Baxi, there were no smartphones, no Uber. No Spotify, barely any internet. Was well, ninety six, right? Something like that. Uh, tw- yeah, two thousand one. Two thousand one. Yeah. But you met ninety yeah. six or something. We met in ninety six. No, ninety five. Oh, sorry. Yeah, February ninety five. <laughs> so it's, yeah, we were both <laughs> two. The mists of time. <laughs> we were in a kindergarten when we met, which is not true. But um, yeah, so you were talking about change. Change is inevitable. You can either be mm-hmm. part of it or not. The world is going to change, whatever you think, mm-hmm. and. If we hadn't changed, we would be entirely redundant now as an agency. We'd have been redundant in five years, mm-hmm. never mind 20 years. Yeah. The, the whole world is completely different. If we stuck to how we worked in 2019, now we would be redundant as an entity. So we, the, the biggest problem is a risk of inaction. 
If you're not actively changing, you can't be part of how that, the world is changing. Do you have to enforce this with your clients in a gentle way? No, or no. Do they, no. We just they... talk about it in advance. No, yeah, I, I think, um, you mean our change or the change for the client? When you talk about, he's just talked about the change in the future and the companies need to change. Do you, sure. like, you have this mindset of change. They get yeah. that and you, but do. Well, I think, I think, you know, we, we tend to, if a client comes to us, they're, they're at a pivot point. Right. You know, they're at some transitional point yeah. in their journey, whether they're a hundred year business uh, or just started, you know, there is a pivot point and they need to um, re-identify who they are or reimagine who they are or mm. define who they are. Mm. And so change is built into that question. You know, they're, 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 they're coming to us because they have decided change matters. Or actually what happens is when we're talking to people, if somebody says, we only want to move here, yes. then that we're not a good fit for that. If you want to go from here to here, we're a good fit for that. Mm -hmm. So actually, as we're talking to people, it becomes a cultural mindset fit that if somebody just wants to develop their business attritionally in, in which, or in a different way, there's nothing wrong with that. But we just better sue a greater change because that's how we see the world. So we tend to work with people mm -hmm. who have this, a similar ambition. Mm -hmm. We, we, well, when we introduce ourselves, one of the things we talk about is a scale. Mm. So I said this a million times, but it is, it is a, a simple way of visualizing where we sit on the spectrum. One is evolution, 10 is revolution. We operate between five and 10. Mm. Okay. So, so what happens? Scary. Yeah. Well, it's not it really, it's thrilling. Uh, for you, yes. For yeah. clients, no, it's thrilling. No? It's right. surprising how uh, when we ask, it's just them, a mindset, where do you isn't sit it? On that scale, it is. Yeah. It if we throw someone off a cliff, <laughs> we'll still be there to catch them. Yeah. It's a safe environment. Our job is to create a safe environment to be creatively more ambitious. So we're well practiced at doing that. It's, it's no one's you know jumping out of a window and hitting the floor. Mm. We're, we're creating the space that it's it's um, a calculated ambition, and the five to ten is different based on the company, of course. Yeah. And you'd be surprised because when we, when asked, some people say right up at nine. Some people yeah, say yeah, eleven. Really. Some yeah. people say seven because they get excited. You know, they they feel like as again let off the leash. You know, the permission yeah. is there to let's go for it. Uh -huh. And and what happens? Uh, the reason why we say start at ten or start at uncomfortable is that actually logic yeah, and pragmatism back. and all the real world. Pulls, pulls everything back to reality, mm -hmm. right? So if you start at, at 10 or uncomfortable, yeah. then you'll get to just right, that Goldilocks mm -hmm. yeah. space. Yeah. But, you know, if you're like, actually, a four will do, three. I mean, where are you going to go? You're going to go back one, to yeah. one. <laughs> the other thing is, if you create for a living, there's something really amazing about that. So why would you do it in a way that's boring? Like creativity is such a powerful tool. Why would you suppress its power? It doesn't make any sense. So I'd rather do work that is exciting because mm. that's what makes me feel alive. So just don't work with people who are not, don't have an aligned view. And there's lots of really, like I say, our clients are incredibly inspiring. They're, they're, they're taking the world on and they're doing really amazing things. If you work with Google or somebody like that, you learn profound things. It's mm. really fascinating. And they're doing way greater change than we are. We're just helping them with certain aspects of how they communicate to audiences. Yeah, and that, that's mutual. I, I have to say, you know, we work with a, uh, a, a bank in the Philippines yeah, uh, for exactly. an entire new digital experience. And I think the relationship with the, the client is 
us pushing them, but them pushing us. Yeah. You know, there's also cultural nuance that we have to understand, the things that we have to learn. So it's it's a mutual push and pull, but with the ambition of kind of taking a, a big step forward. Mm-hmm. And um, I find the best work uh, is formed that way because then it's real and it lives yeah. and they own it as well. And, they own and that, that's the biggest that's... thing is that... Well, they're, they're actually the sponsor. Exactly. So all clients are the sponsor for great work. Any great award that's ever been won in creativity is this client has sponsored that, apart from maybe a few self-initiated projects. So why not find those people? Yeah. Why not? F- so when we look for, for projects, we look at people, not brands. If we find people we have a like-minded uh, relationship that. with. That's amazing. Because yeah. you, could, you, could, you could work with a brand and the per- people inside the brand are risk-averse or toxic, and you'll have a terrible time. We chase brands, that's just like collecting badges. But if you chase relationships, you'll do better work. Collecting logos for the website. I mean, everybody's got a well, de- yeah. We've got a decent logo board as it goes. <laughs> but, um, you know, everyone's got a good logo but it does, board. It does help. I, th- I think, you know, um, people may say, well, you know, at your stage, you, you can pick and choose. But I think throughout our journey, it has been yeah. finding like-minded individuals and companies and businesses that we have worked with, with a, a creative, forward-thinking individual that you may not think it's a company that would take risk or be mm. brave or any of those things. Really, it is, it is finding that. And that finding comes back that, to meeting lots of people, you know. Um, that finding that one people having lots of conversation to actually find that that one threat. person, that one threat that would actually, that exactly. you pull and then the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, you build it. Yeah. Like if, you know, we're talking to you now yeah. and I already know that if we work together in some fashion, it would be a beneficial relationship because there's obviously some mutual respect and mm-hmm. understanding of how creativity works. So the gap is narrowing between us. And if, I don't know what collaboration we would do, but <laughs> if we did something, I think it would be really beneficial. Mm-hmm. And that's how I see it, is yeah. that you, you start to feel that with people. Yeah, and not sure. everyone, not everyone likes us either. You know, some people don't. Right. Yeah, some people don't like us, so they don't work with us, which is great. You know, we, hey, you yeah, have a, a sto- do you have a story about that? Like, no, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people don't like you. The office no, no, we, yeah, we've never like been, that. we've never been thrown yeah. out of an office. But we've, um, what I mean is, um, say you do 100 meetings, blah 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 blah. That person doesn't like you. There's no blah over there. But this okay. person likes you. It's a bit more blah, blah. And what happens is you you navigate to the conversation. Two plus. Yeah, and you, then no one ever says to you, hey, that was a shit conversation. I don't like you. They just stop talking to you. And you end up working with people okay. who do like you. Yeah. But I'm saying it is a human um, creativity and professional creativity. It is a person-driven business. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we just might not be a good cultural, creative, chemistry fit for people. It doesn't mean that we've done anything wrong or the client has. There's just lots of really good agencies. So it's great, you know. Um, the whole industry does well, I think, when everybody is busy and everyone's got good work because there's enough room for everybody. And we do our bit and they, they do their bit. And then that means the industry is doing really well. You know, just on that, actually, we... Um actually have stopped uh, pitching, you know, like the kind of mm-hmm. full ball creative pitching. And it, it's taken kind of a journey, but it is all built on relationships. So mm-hmm. the work we get is either recommendation or, you know, as I said, you know, it's outreach. But the, the gravity towards certain relationships with clients or businesses and so on is built on chemistry. And often it's chemistry rather than just purely work mm-hmm. uh, that tips the balance. I find that's interesting because, 
you know, sure, we've worked for 21 years and we've worked hard to get to where we are. And the, the, I guess if you would say that the agencies alongside us could all do a project, they'll all do it great. So what are the, the differences? You know, sometimes it's location, sometimes it's something else. But oftentimes, the tip is you just got us, we got you, we felt your energy, you felt really excited about the work. Mm-hmm. And those those are the things that oftentimes you're not, make um, a decision. You're not, you're not commoditized then either. Yeah. As if it's not, um, like I would say we're reassuringly expensive as an agency. We're like we're value-based. Yeah. So the, the the money that we get paid goes into making work because mm-hmm. it's, it's crafted, it takes mm-hmm. a long time. So sometimes you might compete on money. Sometimes if you pitch, you would compete on creativity. But that creativity is not informed. It's surface creativity. Mm-hmm. So you're commoditizing creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, you know, there's other ways of looking at it. So if you build a relationship with people and you have conversations, you're competing on your attitude, spirit, and the way you work. Yeah. rather than the specific work. Does that make sense? It totally. It's, like, it's what you just said. It's about the chemistry then. Yeah. That's right. That way. Yeah. 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 Guys, I barely got through my questions, but oh, yeah. I want to wanna <laughs> be respectful with your time. One more question sure. I have, and I want to throw you a curveball. Let's see how you handle that. Let's, let's just pretend I'm your client or prospect. And I ask something like, why should I hire you guys? What would you answer? That's a good question. Well, I, I wouldn't answer that question directly. Oh, okay. Because this previous hour has told you whether or not you would hire us. <laughs> so that is the answer. Yeah, if, you have, if you have to ask me that back. question now, those, that, those 50 minutes didn't go well, so we wouldn't work together. But my guess amazing. is you would hire us. <laughs> You're hired. Good. Yeah, great. Cool. You're retired on the dotted line. Yeah, give me the contracts. I do. Thanks. That was an amazing talk. Thanks. Yeah, thank I you. hope we can um, do this again sometime. Yeah, we'd love to. Absolutely. Thank cool. you for your time. Thanks for coming over yeah. all the way from Munich. A uh, real pleasure. Yeah, thanks for Pleasure cool. for me too. It's really good fun. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Marco Pfann and I'm looking forward to see you on the next show where I talk to creative legends or maybe even just myself. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs>